All right, welcome everyone to episode 10 of the Peach State Tailgate Sports Podcast. I am Kenny Cochran, joined as always by my co-host here, Mr. Jake Hill. Oh yeah. Uh, We are, it's crazy to think, man, it's been 10 episodes so far. We're filming the 10th episode right now. We're recording it and um, live streaming on the YouTube if you're watching. Um, We're super thankful to be here and it's crazy to think that it's already been 10 episodes. I know it feels like yesterday we just started this thing and... um, Man, I'm I'm pumped to be out here and talking sports. So, um, tonight's episode is going to be a pretty cool one. We uh, continue from the previous episode. If you've listened, to, uh, we started our SEC quarterback rankings. We got about halfway through. Um, so today we have our upper echelon, our seven to one, I believe. Jake, is that right? Uh, yes, sir. Seven to one. We're going to start at seven and finish off at one when we get to that point. All right, so you get to hear our thoughts about who we think are, you know, top-tier SEC quarterbacks headed into this season. And, um, you know, you kind of heard us talk about the lower end yesterday. Uh, we're going to hit a little bit on some Braves and a little bit of Week Zero college football. But before we get into it, guys, I just want to say thank you guys for all the support. Uh, Ten episodes, is it's crazy. Um, our podcast and our show in general has been very – the, the reception has been amazing and the feedback has been great. So, uh, as always, make sure you subscribe to the YouTube. Check us out on all our socials, uh, Peach State Pod on Twitter, Peach State Tailgate on TikTok. Um, and make sure you check us out on Spotify and Apple Podcasts if you're on YouTube, and YouTube if you're on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So before we get into it, Jake, you got anything to add? Man, Kenny, uh, again, as always, I have to start by complimenting the introduction. Great introduction. It's nice and smooth, nice and silky. We got things rolling, nice little kickoff. We are a little bit thrown off tonight, I will say. Our, we were expected to have our buddy Jacob on, the guy that's been on the past two podcasts, and we have not heard from Jacob. So, Jacob, if you are still alive and you happen to be listening to this podcast, uh, send us a message because we, we're worried. We're worried about you, bud. <laughs> let us know you're breathing, Jacob. <laughs> yeah, let us know you're breathing. Now, this man might have might have drank six ice-cold Miller Lights and hopped in bed and passed out, but we don't know. So, we're kind of... we're. Of course, our first uh, when we when we hit twelve through or I'm sorry, fourteen through eight, we had Jacob with us and we had all this stuff planned. So we're gonna go ahead and finish it off, and we'll let Jacob get his out um, at a later episode. Obviously, by that point, Vanderbilt would already play because I will say, me and Kitty are going on a cruise this coming up weekend. So this is gonna be our last episode of the week. So you know that that Vanderbilt quarterback. Um, sorry, bud, you've already been ranked in all of our rankings. So you know we're not too concerned what you do against Hawaii, but. You know, it's going to be a really fun episode. I'm really excited to kick things off. I think we should start this party off with a little bit of Braves talk. We don't have much, uh, but we, we do have a little bit. So you want me to go ahead and kick this thing off with some Braves talk? A little bit. All right. So um, we don't have much to talk about. Obviously, like I said, uh, when last time we recorded the Braves to play the Astros on Sunday and we lost that ball game, but we kicked into Monday with a nice little series against the Pittsburgh Pirates in Pittsburgh. And we start off the series, uh, I don't want to say hot, because it was a very, very boring game to watch. But uh, it was it was, it was, was a win. That's all that matters. Especially a win on a day that the New York Mets lose to the New York Yankees. We love to see it. There's two bright points I want to mention in this game, and it is Jake Odorizzi and Michael Harris. Jake Odorizzi came out and pitched his best game against the Braves. Now, he was facing a AAA lineup with the Pittsburgh Pirates, but still. You go out there, he goes out there, I think he shoves six innings with like seven Ks, uh, one run. Guy looked good. His one run came off an absolute blast by O'Neill Cruz. The dude is like an absolute monster. I know the stats aren't really there yet, but just, you know, the physicals and, and the potential is is off the charts, man. This guy's 
going to be a stud in the league for a long time. Uh, Kenley came in. Kenley came in, got his uh, got a perfect ninth to get his 29th save of the season. And Michael Harris, man, Michael Harris had a two-run bomb. I want to say that uh, it was it was his uh his buddy Vaughn Grissom that was on base. So that was that was a cool thing to see because uh, you know, I, I think I think the new nickname for them are the Troublemakers because they're so young and they are like a dynamic duo at the bottom half of that lineup. It's it's always fun to watch them. Um, Ronzi, I, I don't want to pronounce this wrong. I, I don't want to sound like an absolute stooge, too, and act like I don't, don't know who this guy is, because I promise you, I do know who he is, but I don't know how to pronounce his first name. Ronzi Contreras for the Pirates? Ronzi Contreras. Dude looked good. Uh, he, he came out and pitched, pitched really well against the Braves. Um, he impressed all the way up until Michael Harris hit that, hit that deep drive on him. Like I said, it, you know, it, was, it wasn't a very exciting game. Um, one little note that I do have is that Ari Adrianza got reinstated from the 10-day disabled list with an illness, and uh, Ryan Goins is going back. He got designated for assignment, actually. So we got Ari back on the team, obviously. We like Ari. Me and Kenny are both Ari fans. I know he doesn't get much PT, but he's a guy that can fill in at any position if anything happens. So, you know, you always like to get him back on the squad. Yeah, and I'll say, um, too, I mean, in a, a 2-1 win against Pittsburgh, it's a pretty uneventful game. But, you know, coming off – a win in the Mets series and a win in the Stroh series, the World Series rematch. If the bats are going to get cold, then, I mean, what better timing for them to get cold against the Pittsburgh Pirates? Yeah, and I, so. I guess I guess since since we're already on the topic, um, this this is not going to be something I have notes for because it just happened. Uh, the Braves just won today's game. So we can go ahead and talk about today's game, too, a little bit. And yeah, it maybe. seemed like it seemed like off rip the Braves bats were going to stay quiet. All the way till we got to the fifth inning, and the Braves decided to put up a, a five piece on JT Brudebaker, and um, it was kind of just rolling, man. Uh, I don't know. I I was sleeping during the inning. <laughs> I took a mean nap today, but uh, I do know that they were playing like, like base by base baseball. Like it, it was, they weren't hitting like too many crazy shots. I was getting notifications on my phone. Oh, Robbie Grossman hit an RBI single. Michael Harris hit an RBI single. There's like a whole bunch of RBI singles. Max Freed was absolutely dominant. Eight innings, three hits, one run, one walk, and seven strikeouts. So on 95 pitches, you know, Max is a guy that always likes to keep that pitch count down. Doesn't allow many walks. Uh, absolute ace. Nobody can tell me any difference about Max. One of the best pitchers in baseball. I have a video playing right now through the podcast. I am sorry, y'all. <laughs> but yeah, the, the Braves, man, they, they take the first two against the Pirates. Look for a series sweep tomorrow. And, uh, you know, right now the Yankees are beating the Yankees are tied right now in the top of the seventh with the Mets so we can hope for another Yankees win and be down by what Will I make it two games I just checked the score I don't know if you mentioned it I was <clears throat> pulling up this play-by-play for the fifth inning I wanted to hit on it but uh tie game right now 2-2 Yankees Mets in the seventh I believe so um we're Yankees fans tonight yeah if we can it's get the that, Yankees if we can get that division lead down to two games, it's going to be huge, especially considering the schedule that the Mets have ahead of them. Um, it's pretty favorable for them. So uh, if we're going to make a push, we need to do it right now. Um, I'll kind of hit on what Jake said. Yeah, Brubaker looked really good, and this is a you know this is a good pitcher. I mean, this guy's a notable pitcher in the MLB. He's been pretty good, solid all season. Nothing crazy, but you know he's also a a Pittsburgh Pirate. So you know, take that as you may. But, yeah, the bats were kind of quiet, and then they woke up in the fifth inning. We kicked it off with a Darno homer, 409-foot tank, followed by Wild Bill, hit a single. Um, and then Michael Harris, man, dude's just been crazy. A double in our, in our, in a, a double to left center, puts Contreras at third, and then you see Vaughn Grissom 
the troublemakers, right? Yeah, uh, the troublemakers. <laughs> those dudes are nuts. Uh, RBI single for Vaughn. Um, and then Robbie Grossman, another single, scored Michael Harris, moved Grissom up, and then you see Acuna, Swanson, and Austin Riley. Uh, those guys came in and, and smacked the ball around. So we, we took a, a quick 5-1 lead in the fifth inning and carried it on throughout the game. So this was pretty good. We just mentioned bats getting quiet in the first game, or bats getting cold, I should say, and then you come in with a 10-hit game against the Pirates in the second game. So hopefully we can uh, round this series out with a sweep, headed into, headed into I believe, tomorrow. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, hopefully we get a little help from the Yankees as well and narrow down that in on least chase a little bit. Oh, yeah, we, we definitely we definitely need the Yankees to come through clutch with us today. So, you know, we can cut that lead down and we both have decently favorable schedules, the Braves and the Mets in the in the coming up uh, in the coming up month, month or so. So there's a lot of things to look forward to in Braves baseball. Yes, sir. I think that I think that wraps up my brace talk. Uh, actually, one more thing: Von Grissom went three for four today. Uh, has a batting average of four twenty through his first fourteen career games, I think. And I want to say the Braves are fourteen and two over, or not twelve and two over that span. So, you know, the Braves, the Braves like to make this move where we call a guy up and all of a sudden everything starts working right. It happened with Michael Harris, and now it's happening with Von Grissom. So, you know, love to see the young guys making such a big impact in that lineup. For sure. Well, Kenny, uh, does this does this bring us to our to our 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 next segment, the very very fun, exciting segment we've been waiting for? I believe so. If that's it for you, let's dive into these SEC quarterbacks. I'm ready for it. Let's let's kick it off. All right. So, uh, like we said earlier in the podcast, if you listened to the last episode, we talked about the bottom half of the SEC and where we had our quarterback rankings. So let's move into the top path. Uh, without wasting any time let's dive into number seven which is next on our list um i'll go ahead and kick it off jake since i'm here um at number seven in sec quarterback rankings this is where i have mr spencer rattler okay okay um spencer rattler he lost a starting job at oklahoma and in five starts against fbs competition through just five touchdowns to go along with five interceptions spencer rattler we've talked about him plenty on this podcast i don't think he's a guy that either of us are too high on but he's for sure got all the arm talent in the world and the athletic ability to be an absolute stud. Um, he just really hadn't been able to put it together. This is a guy they talked about being the number one overall draft pick, and he just has fallen off severely. Yeah. Um, I think the South Carolina team is going to be really good. I think they're going to win some games, and, and I'm really – I'm curious to see how this team can, can handle Spencer Rattler. If they can kind of rein this guy in and turn him into a, a, a system quarterback – and not to say he is a system quarterback. Obviously, you know, the arm talent is generational, but if you can get him to play within a system, he can give you some good production. He just, we haven't seen it yet. Um, he's just never really delivered on the hype surrounding him. And now he's playing in a worse offensive scheme, South Carolina. And, um, you know, you can make the argument that he's got a, a pr- pretty similar supporting cast that he did at Oklahoma. Um, so uh, it, you kind of look at it either way. The, the way I, I look at it is, I think Spencer Rattler goes into a new scheme and he's playing against tougher competition in the SEC. So I, this is why I have him right here at seven. But with all that being said, I expect him to produce at a mid-tier level in the SEC based off of just his town alone. The dude's obviously a freak. So, but that's who I've got right here at my number seven. You know, you know, it's funny. It's funny we talk about the the top recruit bust at seven because uh, that 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 was a joke. But uh, no, at seven, I also have South Carolina Spencer Rattler. 
Um, I have some 2021 stats. Obviously, it's a small sample size guy. Didn't really play too much last year. He lost a starting job, like we said, to Caleb Williams. Um, in 2021, uh, 1,483 yards, 11 tutties, five interceptions, a 71.6 QBR. Uh, I also have 77 rushing yards and three rushing touchdowns. I know it's not like super drastic numbers right there, but for guys that I wanted to show can get on the ground and move a little bit if they have to, I, I included even like small numbers. Obviously, there's a there's a guy later on on this list that might be playing for our team, our favorite team that, you know, doesn't have the most dynamic rushing stats. But you have to throw them out there because it does show that if if the situation calls for it, they can get on the ground and run if they have to. Um, We talk about Spencer Rattler. Um, The upside is definitely there with Spencer Rattler. The only thing that scares me of Spencer Rattler is he lost that starting job at Oklahoma and Caleb Williams came in and was a top three quarterback in college football and probably the most efficient quarterback in college football. So, um, and I, I don't want to use the Baker Mayfield and Jalen Hurts and Kyler Murray comparisons because obviously we look at that those Oklahoma teams and to me, those Oklahoma teams had a lot more talent surrounding those guys than um, Rattler did last year. But Caleb Williams came in and made it work. So it, it just goes to show right there. Obviously, Caleb Williams now at USC. Um, it goes to show... And you have Lincoln Riley as your head coach. You got to figure something out. And he just wasn't able to do that. And I don't think it was a talent standpoint. I mean, we look back at the 2020 season. I know it wasn't amazing for a Oklahoma quarterback. But, I mean, he had a solid year in 2020. Um, and like you had mentioned, he was being mocked as a fir- as the first overall pick. Quarter- first quarterback taken. And, obviously, that didn't pan out. Um, and we talk about the the mental the mentals of this. Um, Shane Beamer. Shane Beamer. We mentioned this plenty of times on this podcast before, but if there's a coach that's going to bring Spencer Rattler to his top potential, I feel like Shane Beamer is that guy. And I know you ha- you have a similar feeling with that to me. Um, I do want to mention that this is a guy that could easily fly up this list because of the talent and the raw potential this kid has. Yeah, the raw talent is just it, – it's crazy there for Spencer Rattler. This dude's arm talent is, is, is second to none, so – if he can just put it together, man, and play within a scheme, then he could really, really be a good quarterback. Um, so look for Spencer Rattler. This is a guy whose ceiling is upwards of top three in the SEC. Um, so I'm looking for one of two things from Spencer Rattler, and one is for him to continue on the downward spiral that he is, and the other is for him to finally put it all together and, and try and make a name for himself and live up to all the hype that's been around him for, for all these years. And obviously, South Carolina is a lot different situation than Oklahoma because you go into Oklahoma and you're confident. Any quarterback that goes and plays Oklahoma, you're confident. Okay, all I do is have to put together a solid season. We're gonna make this. We're gonna make. We're gonna make the college football playoff. Like that's all you have to do, at Oklahoma. South Carolina is gonna be a completely different story for Spencer Rattler. He has to go into this season with a completely different mindset than he's went into the past season. Hopefully, that is what this guy needs. Obviously, Shane Beamer is building this program up. I think last year was the first year South Carolina made a bowl game in like four years. So they are on the upcoming and this is a team that could scare, you know, a team like it, it, they they could push teams like Kentucky or Tennessee for that number two spot in the SEC East. Yeah, I agree with that. All, All right, right. Well, that I think that wraps it up for number seven, Jake. Well, I'll let you kick it off at number six. OK, number six, I have Bulldog legend. Um, not, not the one you're thinking of though. Not, not, not the, not, not our team. Um, Mississippi state Bulldogs, Will Rogers, um, in 2021, Will Rogers had 4,739 yards with 36 touchdowns, nine interceptions and a 74 QBR. Um, if you look at the stats, if you just look at the counting stats, he was one of the best quarterbacks in college football. 
Now, obviously, what you have to take away is he plays in a Mike Leach air, air raid offense. So the dude was throwing the ball 50 times a game. Um, he did have the third most passing yards in college football. And he had the second most attempts and only threw nine interceptions, which to me was was pretty impressive. I want to say the only person that had more attempts than him last year was Bailey Zappi. Um, he did play really, really good against top 25 teams. He put up 1,803 yards with 11 tutties and only three interceptions against teams in the top 25. And that includes a, a game that they played 17th ranked Auburn, where he was 44 for 55 with 415 yards and six touchdowns, no interceptions. So one thing I want to note about Real Rogers is this dude throws the ball a lot, but he maintains the efficiency. I know the 74 QBRs is pretty low. Obviously, it's the highest among everybody we've talked about so far. So I'm not going to say it's super low. But once we get to this top, top tier in the SEC uh, with quarterback play, that's going to look a lot lower than, than some of these other guys we're going to talk about a little bit later on. But I mean, you know, a guy that that can toss the ball all the way around the yard. Dude, again, we talk about guys that have have a lot of arm talent. Will Rogers is one of those guys that can make almost any throw on a football field. And if you watch him on Saturdays, he's he's a lot of fun to watch in that offense. Yeah, I, I can do nothing but agree with you here, Jake. I also have Will Rogers at my number six. Um, and to go along with you, you know, I'm kind of echoing the same things you did. I mean, 4,700 yards in the air and a 74% completion percentage, just under 73.9. I mean, that that's nuts. I mean, the, the efficiency is ridiculous. Um, a note I have here that I thought was pretty cool um, – he averaged 357.2 yards of total offense per game. That led the nation in 2021. Um, and his passing yards and completion percentage last year are third all-time for a single season in college football. Dang, okay. So those are some pretty crazy stats for Will Rogers. Uh, one thing I will say, and you always have to put this caveat in there when you talk about this Mike Leach system, is those numbers are really inflated due to that ridiculous offensive scheme they run but mm-hmm. you can't you can't discount this guy because he's incredibly efficient like when you think of a of a pass happy offense like they've had in the past i mean mike leach this guy's he's been the 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 shot caller of the offensive schemes that we've seen with like gardner Minshew, and gardner obviously put up crazy numbers and you know has had a fairly successful nfl career at this point but i mean will rogers probably the best quarterback to run in that system yet in college football, I will say, just because of the efficiency. So for him to throw the ball as much as he does, like you said, Jake, the efficiency is crazy. Yeah, the dude, the dude's electric. Again, this this is a guy that I could I could see being a sleeper playing on Sundays in the in the future. I, I, I like the talent there. I, I obviously don't think the upside is I, I don't think that the ceiling's gonna get much higher on Will Rogers. I don't think that he has much more room to grow than what he already is. But I mean a guy throwing, like you said, 4,700 yards and having that type of efficiency. I mean, I, I don't know if there can be much more upside than that. Yeah, agreed. Um, so I, I'm pumped that we got seven and six out of the way because I think seven and six were, were a pretty cool way to kick this off because in my opinion, the top five quarterbacks in the SEC are pretty easy. Um, it's just a matter of which order you put them in. So we're obviously – at the same uh, the same thought level with our top five. So let's go into top five. I'll kick it off since you did the last one. At number five, this is where I have K.J. Jefferson. Um, K.J. Jefferson, the Arkansas quarterback, was third last year in the SEC, averaging 7.6 yards per play. He threw for just under 2,700 yards and rushed for just under 700 yards on the ground. K.J. Jefferson is a guy that we've seen kind of impressed with his efficiency as well. I want to say... At a certain point in the year, he was the best deep ball thrower in the nation. Yeah. 
which is crazy to think because this guy's like notorious for being a big body dual threat, you know, Tim Tebow type, run it down your throat between the tackles quarterback. Like he's a guy that'll take a snap on the fourth and goal, third and goal, and go straight behind the center and run it right down your throat. Um, so I think this guy's a little bit of a sleeper. He's probably a little bit low on people's quarterback rankings, not SEC, but in general. Um, I look for KJ Jefferson to have a big year, man. This Arkansas team, I've got a lot of faith in. I think they're really good, a really good team behind Sam Pittman. Um, so I like KJ Jefferson a lot. I've got him right here at the five spot. Um, I could have made an argument to put him at four. Uh, the reason I didn't is because of who I do have it for. Um, so KJ Jefferson at five for me, um, I think that's a pretty good ranking. Okay, Kenny, we are getting to the point where this is starting to get scary. Uh, guys, I do want to mention that me and Kenny, whenever we made these lists, we were not talking to each other. Like this, this was individual list. And I feel like that's giving me a little bit of a preview because uh, I also have Mr. KJ Jefferson at the five spot. And to me, it was closer to my guy at the four spot than I ever thought it would be before I actually took a deep dive into the stats. Uh, 2021, KJ Jefferson, uh, 2,606. 2,676 yards, 21 touchdowns, and four interceptions through the air. Uh, he had a 76.7 QBR. He also put up, like you said, 664 rushing yards and six rushing touchdowns. I want to go ahead and kick it off by this guy is, uh, he, might be, he might be one of the best dual threat quarterbacks in college football. He's so dynamic on the ground. Like Kenny said, he throws one of the best deep balls in college football. And the dude is built like an absolute tank. I mean, this guy looks like a linebacker back there playing quarterback. Um, he was 10th in college in all of college football last year in passing efficiency and fourth in the SEC. Um, and he played up last year against tough teams, man. Uh, 2021 versus Van, we look at the stats. He put up 326 yards, three tutties, and a 93.7 QBR. I mean, that's a that's an Alabama defense. We saw, you know, some teams, a lot of teams struggle with. So, you know, this is a guy, obviously, you said that you look, you look forward to him having a, a big year this year, and I can only agree with that. I think that, I had the questions. I, I did have questions before I looked into the stats. Like, okay, is KJ Jefferson going to fall off this year? Arkansas kind of seemed like a like a dream last year with, with how good they play. But I think I think this guy's legit. And again, we talk about guys that, that can be playing on a Sunday, on Sundays in the upcoming future. I mean, this guy's definitely going to be a guy that you, if, if you want to watch preseason football, he's going to be a guy that might play three quarters in a preseason football game. So, you know, keep an eye on KJ, man. He's 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 a beast. He's a lot of fun to watch, too. Yeah, and I think the scary thing, too, with Arkansas is, um, you know, they do lose Traylon Burks, who is an absolute dog at the receiver spot. Um, obviously, he's a, a NFL draft guy. I think, he, I believe, was he a first-round draft pick, Jake? Yes. Yeah, Traylon Burks, first-round draft pick, one of the first receivers off the board. Dude's a stud. But um, in a team like Arkansas where – it's a pretty it's a pretty well-built roster. I think they'll be able to fill that spot. So I, I think with a quarterback like KJ Jefferson, he's, you know, as as highly tiered of a quarterback as you can get, specifically in the SEC. So I don't think losing even though Traylon Burks is an absolute stud, I don't think losing a guy like that is going to make him fall off significantly. Um so I, I'm looking at KJ Jefferson from a standpoint of he had a great season last year. Could there be a fall off potentially? But I really think he'll get better. Um, if you know, when you're an efficient passer, I think a lot of people will put that on the back burner and just look at your straight up numbers. But efficiency is really the key to producing across the board. I mean, when you can distribute the ball among the offense to several different targets, then you're not really as worried about losing one target or one key player. 
So with this guy being as efficient as he is and as effective as he is through the air and on the ground, I, I think KJ Jefferson's a pretty safe pick here at five. And um, with the little preview that you gave of your five and four, I have a feeling that our number fours are the same as well. So Jake, why don't you kick it off at number four? Okay, so it's funny you mentioned Traylon Burke. Uh, I do want to mention that he was the guy that was traded, or that draft pick was traded by the Philadelphia Eagles to the Tennessee Titans in exchange for um, Mr. A.J. Brown. And then they went out and drafted Traylon Burke, who's a very similar type guy. So, you know, he, he was a first-round pick. But uh, there was a guy that was drafted a little bit later in the draft. I want to say a second-round pick, but I feel like his impact on his quarterback is going to be bigger than Traylon Burke on K.J. Jefferson. And that brings me to the four spot. The guy that dropped farther down my list than anybody else for my uh, first mock that I did, and that is Will Levis from Kentucky. Um, I do want to say originally when I first did this list without having any research, I had Will Levis at two. But having Will Levis at four right here, um, the dude, 2021, 2,826 yards, 24 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, a 76.8 QBR. He also had 376 rushing yards and nine rushing touchdowns. It almost... I'm putting him above KJ for the upside reason. Because honestly, I look at last year, I think I like KJ more than I like Will Levis. But I, I can't express enough that I feel like Will Levis has the most upside out of any quarterback in the SEC when it comes to arm talent and when it comes to the ability and size that he can play with. Um, This guy is a guy that a lot of NFL teams are looking for that could potentially, I know that names, his name has been coming up as a guy that could be the first overall pick in next year's draft, a guy that could completely pass guys like Bryce Young and CJ Stroud. And I think the majority of that is because of his, his build and his play style. It, it kind of resembles Josh Allen. I mean, obviously we look at Josh Allen, Josh Allen struggled his first two years in the league with accuracy and you know, his ability. He took him a couple of years to find his play style in the league. And we can see Will Levis be the same thing. Will Levis just has to find his play style in college football. It's not me saying he's a bad quarterback right now or he was a bad quarterback last year. He was a great quarterback last year. But if we're talking about being a top quarterback in this year's draft, you have to be better. Um, and the ways that he can be better is he needs to become a more efficient passer. Um, obviously, I, I mentioned a wide receiver being lost. Losing Wandale Robinson to the NFL draft is absolutely crucial for Kentucky and Will Levis. That dude was an absolute monster. I want to say he had over like 1,200 receiving yards last year. Dude had crazy stats. Um, and it, it's going to be a big, big show if Will Levis can keep on performing without his number one guy. I do have a note, though. They did get Virginia Tech transfer Tavion Robinson. Um, so he, he should step in and, be, and play a pretty big role. Will Levis is the guy I had the most negatives to talk about because of the aspect of me having him so highly ranked going into it and then dropping him down my board a little bit. But when I'm saying negative stuff about him, it's because we're looking at him as a guy that could be a future first round pick. So it's not so much negative, but it's like it's kind of like constructive criticism, I guess you could say. That's fair. And uh, I was completely right. Our number fours are identical. I also have Will Levis here at my number four spot. And for the same reason you did, Jake, this is a guy that is super hyped. Um, you You mentioned it, so I won't really dive into it with him being you know, a top draft pick in this year's draft. Everyone's projecting. Um, so, yeah, once you do a deep dive into the stats and you really break this guy down from an efficiency standpoint to a game-by-game -game standpoint, it makes you think. I mean, a surprising thing for me, he averaged 216 yards passing per game, which is not stellar by any means. Do not get me wrong, but this Kentucky team, boy, they run the football. Yeah. They're, they're a physical team, so this dude's ground and pound. Can't You, you can't forget it. Um, 13 interceptions, that's not great. For, for what he, he did, um, 
But he did also add nine rushing touchdowns, like I just mentioned. So, I mean, the dude is obviously a dual threat. He's a freak athlete. He's, you know, I'm I'm not saying he's not deserving of a first-round draft pick grade, but, you know, it's people are talking top five, top two, top three quarterback. And, um, you know, I, I'm not saying he couldn't be that because obviously the upside is there. You mentioned the Josh Allen comparison. But, uh, you know, he, he definitely needs to evolve a little bit. Um, one thing I will say about Will Levis, uh, Kentucky – lost their offensive coordinator to the NFL. Their offensive coordinator is now with the Rams. So uh, I'm curious to see how that's going to affect them and affect their offensive scheme. I think Will Levis is probably going to have to take on more of a role in the offense than he did in years past. He's probably going to have to do more play-by-play than he ever has. Um, And that's really what this is probably going to propel this guy's draft stock if he can do it in a positive way. Um, when you if you can take a hold over the schematics of a game as a quarterback, that's what's going to put you in the NFL because the NFL they're not looking at you just as a raw individual or a raw athlete and raw talent. They're going to look at you from your brain, how you think about the game, how you process the game, and I think that's really what he's got to get better with. You, you said it, Jake. I mean, his efficiency is just not really there. But you look at total offensive production. This guy had 3,200 total yards on the offense, 33 touchdowns, and 13 picks. Um, so I think this is a guy that could really shoot up my projections a little bit if he can develop into more of an efficient player. Um, but yeah, surprisingly enough, he, he also would have been off, off my dome, the number two quarterback on my SEC rankings. And once I dove into it a little bit, I, I, I kind of varied back and forth between putting him at three and four and ended up putting him at four because I, I believe the guy I have at three maybe has a little bit more upside on a college football level. Um, so to round it out, um, I guess if that's it for you on Mr. Will Levis, I'll go ahead and hit on my number three, Jake. I got one more thing. Uh, I did watch a little bit of Will Levis tape, and one thing I do notice about Will Levis when I watch him play, and it, it's probably just a, a young thing, and I know everybody likes the dual threat quarterbacks that get out and run. Will Levis likes to get out of the pocket a little bit sooner than what I would, you know, like to see from him. He's a guy that kind of, you know, he kind of gets himself into a little bit more pressure than what you'd like. He likes to he likes to kind of clear out a he likes to kind of leave an, a clear pocket, which you know I don't really ever like to enjoy whenever I watch college football. Um, you know, if you're a dual threat quarterback and that's what you do, then go ahead. But a guy like with the arm talent like Will Levis, hang in there, man. Try to sling the ball around the yard. Like if you're trying to get drafted, that's going to be the type of stuff you have to do. So we'll see if he can make that next step this coming up season. All right, all right. So that rounds out number four for us. Headed into the top three, top three quarterbacks in the SEC, according to Jake and I and our rankings. Um, I'll kick it off. Um, this, I was wondering how this was going to be received by you, um, and it seems like you know we're we're kind of tit for tat on our rankings so far. So um, number three, this is where I have Mister Hendon Hooker. Ooh. Um, Hendon Hooker was one of the most efficient passers in the nation, finishing third nationally in, in rating with a one. It was a one eighty one, dude. Nuts. What, what, Nuts. what, what, what was what was uh, what was the SEC rating again? I, I have it in my nose. I, I just want to hear you say it out loud. Three. In the SEC, that was that was college football. In the SEC, he was first in efficiency. Oh, I thought you were talking about my where I've got him ranked in the SEC. No efficiency. Oh, yes, yes, yes. First in the SEC, third nationally, fourth in yards per attempt at 9.7 and posted an absurd 10.3 touchdown to interception ratio. He also added 613 yards on the ground with five touchdowns. 
This dude is an absolute freak of nature. Took the world by storm for this Volunteers team, man. And boy, did they need it because this team has been lacking in the quarterback department. You talk about coming off of a legend in Jarrett Guantanamo Bay. Oh, as, um, as, as our good friend Cortez would say. Yeah, as our good friend Cortez, Tennessee legend. Um, so, yeah, no, Hendon Hooker, man, this dude's an absolute beast. You could make an argument for him at two. Uh, the only reason I have him at three is because I, I'm, uh, you know, we'll, we'll dive into it. I'm not going to get ahead of myself. But uh, Hendon Hooker, you're an absolute freak of nature. I'm really looking forward to watching this guy play ball until he suits up against UGA. Um, so, yeah, Hendon Hooker, 100% baller. And I've got him as the number three quarterback in the SEC headed into the 2022 football season. You know what's messed up, Kenny? I, I, I thought, and I had a great feeling in my heart that we were going to be the same all the way through, but I was wrong. Um, at number three, I have University of Georgia legend, absolute stud on the football field. This is no, no, not at all. This is not an insult to you, Mr. Stetson Bennett, but you are my number three quarterback in the SEC. Um, if you look at this, this is higher than if you look at most ratings out there. I will say that Stetson Bennett is being ranked eighth seventh in the SEC among a lot of different platforms. That is absolutely ridiculous. In 2021, Stetson Bennett had 2,862 yards, 29 tutties, seven interceptions with an 86.7 QBR. He also had 259 rushing yards and one rushing touchdown during the regular season. Um, and my first note I have on him is the most underrated quarterback in college football. Stetson Bennett does not get nearly as much love as what, what he should. People talk about Stetson Bennett and say, oh, it's just a fluke and stuff. Watch this guy play, because some of the throws this guy makes, his anticipation throws, are some of the most beautiful throws you will ever watch in a college football game. He will throw a ball that looks like it goes 50 yards up in the air, and it just drops right into Brock Bauer's breadbasket for an easy 25-yard touchdown pass. This guy makes some of the best throws in college football to me when I watch him. And obviously, he is the only starting quarterback in the SEC to win a national championship. Um... He led to obviously led Georgia to the national championship in 2021. And we, we look at we look at returning weapons, man. Everybody talks about and obviously I don't go into this much depth with other quarterbacks, but I'm going to do it for Georgia because this is my team. Um, dude, they're returning so much and people are not giving Georgia credit to be returning as much as they are. Um, we talk about the backfield. Obviously, we talk about guys like Kenny Mack and uh, Kendall Milton back there. The wide receiver crew, A.D. Mitchell's going to come out as a top five wide receiver in college football this year. I am confident. The guy has an insane skill set. Um, it matches it. It's almost close to what George Pickens had. If George Pickens could have avoided the injury, um, and then you look at guys like Lad McConkey. Um, you look at guys like Marcus Rosemary, Jack Saint. I mean, you look at obviously the tight end rooms insane with Brock Bowers, Big O, and um, now the name is slipping. Arik Gilbert, my fault, dude. The offense is going to be great. They're going to run back down a top five offensive line in football. I want to say that they were like second last year behind Michigan's offensive line. Obviously, you lose a couple guys, but I mean. We're gaining guys back. Like this is going to be an, an awesome offense and Stetson Bennett's. I, I I expect numbers could to possibly get better off of last year. Um, the eighty six point seven QBR ranked third in the nation in twenty twenty one, right behind uh, a guy we'll mention a little bit later. Um, fourth in the country in passing efficiency. Um, that puts him at second in the SEC in passing efficiency. Second, and I know I kind of spoiled a little earlier. Hendon Hooker was first, so. Stetson Bennett was the second most efficient passing quarterback in the SEC last year. Think about it. That is insane. And like I mentioned, so much offensive talent returning. I, I don't see the numbers declining 
and people are dogging on this guy. Ranking him at that eighth spot. You are, get out of here. That is ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, and and just to go in with returning starters and, and returning weapons, uh, you mentioned a guy like Kieris Jackson, too, who is such a Swiss Army knife. This guy, you know, battled a little bit of injuries last year, didn't really get as much PT as, as he did in years prior. But you bring a guy like that back, man. I mean, he is Dominic really, Blaylock. Yeah, Blaylock. I mean, th these guys are X-Factors for this Georgia team. So, um, no, I mean, Stetson Bennett, absolutely. I understand the rating there. Um, so, I guess without with, without giving away too too much, let's hop into our top two. Um, if you're an SEC fan, if you're a college football fan, you know who they are because we've gotten here. Um, so, Jake, I'll let you uh, – I think I'll let you kick it off because I rounded up number three with who I believe you're going to have right here. So why don't you go ahead and knock it out for us? All right, at number two, I have a Tennessee volunteer quarterback, Hendon Hooker. Kitty mentioned earlier, this dude, this is the guy when I looked at his stats. Oh, my God. I knew he was good. Did I know he was this good? No, not at all. I could have, if you'd have asked me before I looked into the numbers what his stats looked like, I would have probably been pretty far off. Uh, 2021, dude put up 2,945 yards, 31 tuds, three interceptions with a 77.9 QBR, uh, 616 rushing yards and five rushing touchdowns. He was one of the most consistent quarterbacks in college football last year, and his play style matches that Tennessee game plan so well. Obviously, we watched Tennessee play. Tennessee's a fast-paced offense. They throw the ball, and they get back down to the ball quick. They don't give your defense much time to catch their breath. A team like Georgia that loves to run defensive rotations, they don't allow that to happen. So you have big Jordan Davis on the field, huffing and puffing four plays in, struggling to get his air. Um, and it showed on the first drive last year against Georgia. Uh, the 77.9 QBR ranks 16th in college football. That is one thing that he does not with Stetson Bennett on is the QBR. But we talk about passing efficiency. Third in college football and first in the SEC. We also talk about interception percentage. Third lowest interception percentage in college football last year. I don't want to put too much stock into this stat because Mr. Bo Nix was second. <laughs> and he was like, he was behind Emory Jones last year in efficiency rating. So um, there, <laughs> there's a lot of funny things to talk about that stat. Um, he led Tennessee to the seventh highest scoring offense in college football. More points per game than, than Georgia, which again is a stat that I probably wouldn't have gotten off the top of my head. I want to say they put up like, high 30s like low 40s per game last year absolutely insane season for the offense and again we talk about expecting similar success like we did with Stetson Bennett I expect it with Hendon Hooker man and I, this is a Tennessee team I only see getting better and better and with a guy like this behind you know under center dude it's it's going to be a lot of fun other than when they play Georgia obviously it's probably a 40 point blowout but you know other games whenever they play South Carolina Kentucky I'm ready for it like let's let's go Hendon Hooker's an absolute stud all right, all right. Well, look, Hendon Hooker too. Um, I didn't have him there, but uh, but I don't hate the pick. Um, now as a homer, I will say that uh, I would have liked to see it a, a little bit different, Jake. I would have liked to see it. But uh, at my number two, I've got the mailman, the defending national championship, absolute dog. Oh, 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 oh! The most underrated quarterback in college football, Stetson Bennett. Um, this dude is nuts, man. I mean, this guy is so discounted. He's so discredited. People want to write him off for so many different reasons, and it's just absolutely absurd. Like, what are you doing? You don't know ball if you don't think Stetson Bennett's a good quarterback. Um, I mean, this guy, 
he's just under 3,200 yards of total offense this past year with 30 touchdowns and seven interceptions. One thing I want to mention about Stetson Bennett, too, is this dude didn't start every game. JT Daniels was the QB1 at the beginning of this season. Another thing with Stetson Bennett is this team, this UGA team, obviously we're UGA fans. We watch the games week in, week out. There was games where he was playing a quarter and a half, two quarters. Yeah. Like these, these numbers are absurd for the PT this guy was getting because he was not playing deep into every game. And when he did, he was clutch. He was just as clutch as anybody. You mentioned it with the crazy arc and throws. The anticipation is ridiculous. He made some throws, man. Especially, I remember specifically multiple throws to James Cook out of the backfield on wheel routes along the sidelines. That was like he the ball was in the air when James Cook was behind the line of scrimmage, and he would catch him 20 yards downfield in the breadbasket with three steps on a defender and just crib it 50 yards. Like, the anticipation is nuts. This dude's pocket presence is ridiculous. He's a sneaky athlete. He's really, really fast, and you really you probably wouldn't think that if you're just talking Stetson Bennett. But like you said, Jake, you have to watch this guy play ball because his game is ridiculous. Like, he's an absolute gamer. He can step back there. He can make every throw. He's got a crazy arm, too. Like, that's one thing about the JT Daniels conversation that everyone wanted to talk about is – JT Daniels is, is a little bit more of a snake step back there and pick you apart type quarterback. And I think JT Daniels is a really, really good player. Don't get me wrong. But Stetson Bennett, even before there was a quarterback competition, so to speak, or before the conversation of Stetson Bennett being a better quarterback was in play, people knew that Stetson Bennett had the strongest arm. Like Stetson Bennett's arm is, is it's it's ridiculous. I mean, this guy can sling a freaking football. So, yeah, I mean, like I just said, man, obviously he's severely, severely underrated. Um, he was first in the nation in yards per attempt and second in the nation in air yards. So that just goes to show you, like, the dude can sling it. So Stetson Bennett, man, we are pumped to have you as quarterback. Uh, you're, you're QB1 for this team. You have earned it. You have earned our respect. Obviously, national champion. Um, and I will say he's the only guy on this list that has won a national championship as a starter. That is a fact. Uh, also. This man still gets, he doesn't get the five-star love, obviously. This man was a walk-on at Georgia. Went over and played Juco. I want to say he's, what, a, he's sixth year in college football right now? Fifth or sixth year in college football? We still have Georgia fans at this point in life. Timestamp, 10.03 on August 23rd. We are about a week and a half away from the first game. We still have Georgia fans out there clamoring for guys like Brock, Brock Vandergriff or Carson Beck or Gunner Gunner Stockton to start the season. What is going and these are these are I'm I'm going to do quotations with my hands if you're watching on the YouTube side, podcast side, you can't see it. These are Georgia fans. These are people that this is another quotations watch every game. The same people that were late in the last year and we're blowing teams out saying, "Where JT Daniel at?" Like, come on guys. This is our quarterback. If we are going to win another national championship this coming up year, it is going to be with this guy under center. You don't just replace the experience like that. You can't just drop a Carson Beck or a Gunnar Stockton into this system and expect it to all just be, you know, sunflowers and daisies. It don't work like that, playboy. So this guy right here is going to light up the nation this year again. And, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm going to mention it again. I mentioned it with some people. Keep an eye out on Step for Stetson Bennett on Sundays. I know he's not getting love, but. Can you tell me that Stetson Bennett does not seem like the perfect guy to be a 10-year backup in the NFL? Absolutely not. This dude is going to have a very, very, very heavily saturated bank account in a couple of years. Definitely. I know I know what it was at Bojangles or Churches. He had a, he had a, 
he had that he had the canes i don't remember what it was but he had that uh nil deal with the chicken place and as soon as as soon as we won the, the national championship he was out there in a drive-thru working in the drive-thru it was, it was absolutely electric <laughs> i mean this guy's a freak i mean you you mentioned it very well you covered it very well is this guy gonna be the next tom brady no but Stetson Bennett is an amazing college quarterback. He really, really is. And if you're a Georgia fan and you're still questioning this guy coming off the national championship, you need to take your Georgia gear, your Georgia merch, your UGA jerseys, your hats. You need to take them, throw them into a fire and burn them and find a new team to root for. Because Stetson Bennett's the guy. And if you're questioning that at this point, like I don't know what to tell you. There's nothing more that this guy can do to convince you. And I want to give a shout-out here to Cole Wilcox. Cole Wilcox, UGA legend, pitcher. He's pitching the Tampa Bay Rays organization. I heard him say, tell tell me, and this is obviously, I'm paraphrasing here, so this is straight from Cole Wilcox's mouth, shout out. Um, he said, tell me if this guy didn't have a five-star by his name, he wouldn't be a Heisman candidate. 3,200 yards of total offense with 30 touchdowns and seven interceptions, and he had significantly limited playing time. First in the nation in yards per attempt and second in air yards. If you put a five-star next to this guy's name, he enters the conversation for everybody. So, that just goes to show the bias that is college football. And I want to, you know, I'm a guy that that, that played um, football throughout my entire life. And you hear coaches talk all the time. Don't don't think about your rating. Don't think about your five-star, four-star, blah, blah, blah. But the sentiment is true, man. There are more successful three-star players in the NFL throughout the NFL history than there have been five-star players. And I think that just has to go with that dog mentality and that underdog mentality. If you go in there, you take your lunch pail, you work every single day. And Stetson Bennett is the epitome of that. Like, this yes. dude is a grinder. He works every single day. And one thing I'll give Stetson that you just haven't been able to see from UGA quarterbacks in the past, this dude wants to win. Like, he wants to win. He, he wants to win more than anybody else on the field. Like, he will put his body on the line. And he's efficient, and he is fast, and he's athletic, and he's got an arm. Like, there is nothing I'm going to say about Stetson Bennett in a negative fashion because this dude is an absolute animal, and I am thankful to see him as the starting quarterback for this UGA team because we have been missing a guy like this. Is, is this going to be disrespect for me, for me to say? Returning to a Stetson Bennett podcast right here by himself alone. Um, Stetson Bennett is the most big play threat quarterback Georgia has had since Matthew Stafford was playing in Sanford Stadium. I am discounting guys like Aaron Murray and guys like Jake Fromm. Um, we had another guy that was a backup for a couple of years that, that might have been in this conversation, but obviously uh, we, we kind of forced him to transfer out. Um, <laughs> I know a lot of Georgia fans aren't going to like, like, like my opinion on him, so I'm not going to mention his name. But uh, <laughs> Stetson Bennett, what he can do on a football field, this man came out in the national championship, had a questionable fumble call against him, Alabama got the ball, kicked a field goal, next drive out, four play touched it, or four plays, and he's in the end zone, throwing an absolute dime to A.D. Mitchell, like 40 yards downfield. I'm sorry, Jake Fromm fans. I'm sorry. I'm an Aaron Murray fan. Aaron Murray was an absolute dog at Georgia. This man has the moxie and the dog mentality we talk about that, like Kenny said, I don't feel like, obviously, I go back to Matthew Stafford. The arm talent was insane. I mean, you still look at it today in the NFL. The arm talent, I mean, that, that's just unreal. That's unmatched by any Georgia quarterback ever. But we have the mixture of the run threat and the arm talent of Stetson Bennett. There has not been a quarterback, and it feels so weird to say, because I already know if people listen to this, they are going to have so many disagreements with this. 
if, if you want me to win a national championship, you give me the option of Jake Fromm or Stetson Bennett at quarterback, I would take Stetson Bennett eight days out of the week. No question. 100%. Jake Fromm played with the better offense. Is, 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 that, is that too much to say? No, the best running back tandem in college football history. Jake Fromm got Nick Chubb, Sonny Michelle, and DeAndre Swift all in a span of four years at UGA. Don't get me wrong, Zamir White was, was great, but to me, he was a disappointment. He's, he, he was awesome. Was he a DeAndre Swift? Nowhere near. Was he a Nick Chubb? Nowhere near. Was he a Sonny Michelle, who was the number two back for most of his time at Georgia? Nowhere near it. Dude, I know you could say what you want to say about the defense, but this was one of the top scoring offenses in college football last year. Don't discount this guy, man. This guy is an elite college football quarterback. And like we mentioned, I think we have enough Stetson Bennett talk for now. But, dude, we are so excited to see this guy play again on Saturdays. Yeah, I mean, he is. And it's not even a hot take. It's just an accurate prediction because it's going to happen. Stetson Bennett is going to be the first 3,000-yard passer since Aaron Murray for this Georgia Bulldogs team. Jake Fromm never hit the 3K mark. Yeah, I, I, I think it's definitely going to happen this year. I think there's more competitive. Yeah, I think there's more more competitive teams in the SEC East this year. It's going to make Stetson Bennett play a little bit more, and just because they're competitive, I'm not saying that their defense is going to stop us. I just think their offense might have the capability to put up a little bit more points on our defense than they did in the past. Yeah, I mean, he would have had three thousand yards if he played more this past year, but he, like I said, he played a quarter and a half, two quarters in several games this season. So if we see closer games and and more high scoring games from from the opponent, like three thousand yards is it's gonna be it, he's gonna get that. I mean, that's it's just a it's what's gonna happen. Last thing on Stetson Bennett before we before we get off Stetson, uh, I do want to mention obviously we go into last year. I want to say JT Daniels had like top seven Heisman odds going into the college football year last year. And I still want to say going to this year, he has higher Heisman odds than Stetson Bennett at West Virginia. So it, it, we talk about the five-star favoritism. We like you, JT. We think the talent's there. Obviously, we talk about arm talent. JT's one of those guys that has it. But come on. Come on, guys. This guy had one solid year at USC, and we act like, and people act like he is a lot to be amazing. So, you know... It's it it is what it is. We love the odds makers, and honestly, it just helps our bank counts out more if we wanted to go that way. Obviously, I don't think Stetson's going to win Heisman because of the guy we're about to talk about next. But, <laughs> um, but he he's a dog. He's an absolute beast. All right, well that's UJ talk for you. Um, <laughs> all right, let's head into number one. Uh, this guy's number one on everybody's list. He, in my opinion, is undoubtedly the best quarterback in college football. Yes. Um, I, I get the CJ Stroud argument. I really do. But Bryce Young, man, he is he's an absolute freak. I do want to say about Bryce Young, obviously, he's my number one on my list. He's Jake's number one. Um, this guy, when you talk about Alabama, who is obviously, you know, powerhouse in college football, Nick Saban is the greatest coach of all time. This is the greatest college football team year after year that, that just keeps producing amazing teams and amazing players. Uh, you talk about the quarterbacks that this team has had in the past, you, you guys like Jalen Hurts, guys like Tua, guys like Mac Jones, who are just constantly and consistently producing top quarterback seasons year after year. Bryce Young is the first Alabama quarterback to ever win the Heisman Trophy. Like, this guy is probably the best Alabama quarterback that we've seen. Yes, and that's, he is. That's, that says a lot, man. 
about a guy who's this young, like wasn't even draft eligible and wins a Heisman. And we're talking about him as the best Alabama quarterback of all time. Um, Bryce Young, man, obviously he won the Heisman last year. Um, his 2021 season consisted of that SEC championship against Georgia. Um, 4,872 passing yards, which would have been an SEC single-season record if it wasn't for this uh, this this guy named Joe Burrow. Um, 47 touchdown passes, number one among all Power 5 quarterbacks. Bryce Young, I mean, it, it, we could talk about Bryce Young all day. I think it'll probably be a little bit it'll, – it'll be a little bit shorter of a conversation because I, what do you say about this guy? He's the best quarterback in college football. He's – going to be the first quarterback taken in this year's draft unless something absolutely ridiculous happens. Um, absolute beast, 100% the best quarterback in the SEC, in my opinion, the best quarterback in, in college. So, Jake, I'll let you take the floor here. And you are 100% right. Bryce Young is the best quarterback in college football. He is probably, to me, the second best college football quarterback I have ever watched. I'm sorry, Bryce. Uh, Joe Burrow in 2019 was on a different level than anybody so, i mean he had he had he did he did have Justin jefferson and jamar chase on that team uh but dude joe burrow was crazy uh bryce young we mentioned it 2021 heisman winner um 87.6 qbr it ranked second in the nation in 2021 um obviously we talked about the key losses with jamison williams and john mechie both going to the nfl draft but alabama does add uga transfer we don't like to mention this much but we got to in this in this conversation jermaine burton we love you jermaine uh Bad choice, though, man. Bad choice. You're just going to get beat by Georgia in the SEC championship this year. So, have fun at that. Um, I also want to mention Jameer Gibbs from Georgia Tech. I didn't notice this, but this guy had, like, third most all-purpose yards in college football last year as a freshman. And 470 receiving yards. So, I mean, this guy's a guy that could do it through the air. And he's going to be a guy to help out Bryce Young a ton. I'm assuming he's going to be a pretty big target for them. Uh, also, Cameron Latu, their star tight end, returning for his senior year. So, that's another big guy. Um, but Bryce Young, dude, is an absolute freak, man. And his play style, like, if you just turned on the game, he doesn't play how you'd expect. Bryce Young's probably what six foot max, and something like that. He's a little guy. He goes out. You're like, oh, this guy right here is probably gonna take off. Dude doesn't run. Like he, he's he's not much of a runner. When I watch Bryce Young play college football, he reminds me of prime Drew Brees before he started just throwing slant routes. Like, the way that he handles the pocket and the way that he can just handle himself, dude, he is insane. And this is going to be a top-five quarterback in the NFL in about five years. Just wait for it. This guy is an absolute freak. Yeah, man, Bryce Young, he's he's absolutely unreal. And he's just not he, – he does he does, just has no holes in his game. Like, this, he could do everything. And we talked about the efficiency stuff. Obviously, he was third in the SEC in efficiency last year. Um but he put up 3,000 more yards than the guys that were in front of him. So <laughs> he was obviously tossing the ball around the yard a lot more. Um, Bama played a couple nail biters in there last year. A couple more than what they probably wanted to against teams like LSU and like Arkansas. And obviously they lost to Texas a and They had a couple rough ones in there where they had to keep Bryce playing. But, um, dude, he's, he's going to put up similar numbers. The numbers might take a little bit of a drop this year because obviously Alabama might – might play better than what they played last year when it comes to teams like Arkansas and guys like that. Like, obviously, I think Alabama beat Sex Saban by 30 this year because Nick Saban, how he handles revenge games and how much trash Jimbo's been talking. I <laughs> I, I, I like you, Jimbo. We're, me and Kenny are both Jimbo fans on this podcast. But, uh, 
that's not the guy you want to talk trash to <laughs> at all. No. Yeah, so, I mean, that does it for our SEC quarterback rankings. I, I will say, to kind of round it out, this is probably, um, at least in recent memory, the best quarterback lineup in the SEC in, in a while, dude. Like, these are some really, really good quarterbacks. Um, you know, the SEC, this is big boy ball. This is physical football year in, year out. You see tough in the trenches. You see the big boys duking it out, a lot of run a lot of run-oriented teams. So uh, for an SEC conference that we really haven't seen it, you kind of have a, a spoil of riches as far as quarterbacks go. So I'm really looking forward to watching these guys ball. Yeah, and it's it's one of those things where just we didn't lose much. I mean, I know we lost to Matt Corral from Ole Miss. But, I mean, even Matt Corral, with this with these type of guys, Matt Corral's a guy that would struggle getting, to get in his top five. Like, I'm, I'm assuming that we'd probably both have him in the top five somewhere. But, I mean... We're returning so many SEC starters this year. There's so many guys that started last year, so many top guys that started last year that we get to see again play this year. So obviously in college football, as years go on, you expect younger men to get better at football. So, you know, whenever you're, you know, predicting these guys' talent, obviously we're we're expecting, you know, progressive numbers as the years go on. I mean, these guys are developing. So you know, it, it's going to be a fun, fun year for SEC football. This is honestly one of the first years, like you had mentioned, that I can think that it, it's going to be a very competitive year. Like I, I think we're going to have some really, really, really tough competition being a Georgia fan. I Don't walk into that. We have multiple games on the schedule that we can't walk into as being a cakewalk. Obviously, we talk about Kentucky. We talk about Tennessee. We talk about South Carolina. We also have a, a Mississippi State on the road this year. Dude, these guys can drop points on you quick because of these guys they have underneath center. This is going to be a fun season, and we are so excited for this stuff to kick off. Absolutely. This SEC um, just lineup from top to bottom is, is better than it was last year. So I'm excited to see some conference ball this year. Um, all right, so SEC quarterback rankings out of the way. Let's move into the last, uh, you know, the final segment of the show tonight. It's a brief one, but we wanted to hit on it. Jake mentioned it. We are uh, getting ready to be going on vacation. We're going to be leaving oh, the yeah. country. We're going to be gone this entire weekend. We'll be back on Monday. So uh, as far as the podcast goes, I'm assuming we'll probably be back for a Wednesday episode. Don't hold me to it. We'll we'll make something happen. But uh, you're you're going to miss us on Monday. Um, so before we get out of here, I, and I Friday, like we, yeah, and Friday as well. We'll we'll be back to a regular schedule once we get back into the groove of things. But Obviously, we're going to be gone all weekend, so uh, you know, y'all, 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 be sure to stay tuned. We'll keep you updated on the socials about what we're doing and, and when we're going to be getting our content out there. Um, so I felt like you know we'd be remiss if we didn't hit on a little bit of week zero college football action. Um, like I said, we're going to be gone. We're going to be out of the country. We're going to be, but we're going to be watching some ball. We're going to be keeping up with it. Probably making a couple bets, a little friendly wagers. Um, so, uh, there's a couple games we wanted to hit on. It's not a huge slate, but week zero, college football's here, man. It's time to roll. So, uh, without further ado, let's get into it, Jake. Um, my first game that I have that, that I'm looking at is this Nebraska at Northwestern week zero game. This is a Saturday game at 1230. Um, a team like Nebraska, they are favored by 13 and a half in this game. Um, I'm getting my, uh, my, my stats from FanDuel Sportsbook. You can get Nebraska at, at minus 13 and a half at, at minus 105 odds, uh, minus 550 on the money line. The over is set at a 50 and a half on this game. Um, so I will let Jake get into if he has a little bit on this as well. Um, Jake, you got anything on this Nebraska Northwestern game? 
Yeah, this actually to me is is one of one of the more exciting games of the day on Saturday. Um, obviously we have games later on that we'll talk about that we are also excited for, but this is one of the better matchups. Um, Nebraska Northwestern, uh, Nebraska for past years we always talk about Scott Frost and Adrian Martinez. Things have changed a little bit. Um, Adrian Martinez has departed out. He's he's transferred over to Kansas State. Uh, Scott Frost still holds that job. I know there's a lot of people saying how did Scott Frost keep that job, but he's there. Um, and they get a solid transfer. They get Texas quarterback Casey Thompson in. So it obviously we go back to last year. Um, Nebraska had one Big Ten win, and it was against Northwestern, where they beat Northwestern fifty six to seven. So um, I, I'm interested to see. I do think Casey Thompson's a guy that that fits that Scott Frost quarterback mold pretty well. And uh, if if I was putting my money on it, which I will. I am going to go with Nebraska 13 and a half. That, that, is, that is my bet. I like Northwestern. Usually Northwestern is a pretty fun team to watch. I, I enjoy their football, their brand of football, but I'm, I'm going to roll with Nebraska, especially getting a new, new quarterback in. Obviously, I was never the, big, the biggest fan of Adrian Martinez, and I think Casey Thompson's a pretty solid upgrade. Yeah, no, I agree. I think Casey Thompson is a significantly better quarterback than, than uh, Adrian Martinez is. Um, this Nebraska team... They're not a great team. Don't get me wrong. No. They're they're much, much better than Northwestern. Um, I like this line a lot at 13.5. I will definitely be on Nebraska at minus 13.5 as well. I think the over at 15.5, that's probably a little bit too rich for my blood in a week zero game. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's a bad number, but I think it's a little bit I think it's a little bit too close for me. Um, and you mentioned it, Casey Thompson. Casey Thompson's a good quarterback, man. I mean, this dude started for Texas last year at 2,300 total yards, 28 touchdowns, nine interceptions. Obviously, he loses his job to the transfer, Quinn Ewers. Quinn Ewers is an absolute dog, sidearm slinging, bleach blonde hair, mullet wearing stud transfer from Ohio State. He's oh, yeah. a Texas boy that went to Ohio State and got that NIL bag and then came back home to Texas, earns that starting job. Um, so, no, I think Casey Thompson's a really good football player, and Northwestern's just an all around bad team. Um, one thing I will say about Northwestern is they got a pretty good rushing attack. They bring back a, uh, a running back, and I do not know his name. Um, but he was injured all last season. He comes in here, uh, you know, after a, a thousand yard season the year prior. So I think Northwestern, you know, they can run the ball a little bit, but I think this Nebraska offense is, is probably going to hold them. I think, uh, their, their passing game is going to be pretty, pretty significantly better with, uh, Casey Thompson in there. So, yeah, I agree with you. I got Nebraska at the, at the 13 and a half as well. Um, I'll just re- rip down the list here, Jake, and you stop me when you have a game. I've got two games uh, left that I will be placing a wager on that I'm looking at. Um, next in the lineup, we've got Wyoming at Illinois. This is a Saturday, 4 o'clock Eastern game. Uh, Illinois is favored by 10.5 here. Um, I do not have anything for this game. Jake, do you? If I was going to bet it, I would roll with Illinois at 10.5. Uh, that, that, that would be my pick. I, I don't know how confident I am. I, I'm sure I will put a little sprinkle on that, but I'm not too confident in it. Yeah, yeah, I would lean the same way there. Um, headed into the next game, which is a total stinker, you got UConn at Utah State. Uh, this is going to be an absolute route. UConn is one of the worst football teams in the nation, and Utah State is a uh, you know solid, solid program. Uh, the line here is set at minus twenty-seven and a half for Utah State. Uh, the over/under set at fifty-nine and a half. Um, I do not have anything for this game. This is an absolute. You're asking for a butt whooping if you were to lay anything on this game. So no, thank you. You have to get thirty points a piece to hit the over. Um, yeah, 
I, I'm, but I, then again, I'm not too confident in the underhitting, and I do not like this spread. So I, I will not be touching this game. All right, the next one, I actually really like this one. This is Charlotte at FAU. Uh, Florida Atlantic's a pretty good team. Um, they're favored by 7.5 in this game. This is Saturday, 7 o'clock night game. Um, like I said, Florida Atlantic favored by 7.5 points. You get them at minus 290 on the money line with an over-under at 59.5. And a half. Um, a little bit on FAU, they're, they're a very experienced team. They're returning a ton of seniors. They got Miami graduate transfer Nikosi Perry, who's pretty solid. He had a solid year for this uh, FAU team last year. 2,900 total yards, 24 touchdowns, and seven interceptions. Um, so I think you stacked that up against a very bad Charlotte team. The 7.5, I think, is a pretty, pretty good line for me. So I will be uh, probably putting a, a pretty heavy unit on that FAU team right here. I am exactly with you uh I, I like the spread i love the seven and a half i'm not a big fan of the over under at 59 and a half I, I anything that runs that high where i'm looking at teams having to score 30 apiece I, I usually try to stay away from unless we're going into like a big time like texas oklahoma matchup or something fun i'd be like okay this could possibly happen but these smaller teams I'll, I'll stick away from it and obviously you talk about the money line um a minus 290 that that could be a nice little juicer if you want to put together a solid little week zero money line parlay so you know, there, there's a couple bets. I'm I'm definitely going to be on Florida Atlantic at seven and a half, though. Yeah, FAU at seven and a half is probably my 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 favorite bet of week zero. I like that a whole lot. Um, headed into the to the next game, this is a little bit of a dog fight, probably a little bit of a stinker as far as the line goes. You get North Texas at UTEP. This is a Saturday nine o'clock Eastern game night game. Um, North Texas is favored here by one and a half. Um, I do not think. I'm going to be looking at anything in this game just because of the tier football that you're looking at here. It's just not it's it's not the football that we're accustomed to. But it's week zero college football, so you never know. Get a couple middle lights in you, you might uh you might dive into it a little bit. Um, yeah. I will say though, North Texas at minus one and a half. You get a mi- minus one twenty on the money line, and the over under set at fifty four and a half. Um, I'm not crazy about that line. If I was to lean anything in this game, I'd probably lean UTEP money line. You get them at even money plus a hundred. Um, I like that a lot. Yeah, I'm on the same route with you. I, I'm not. I'm probably not going to touch the spread. If I do anything in this game, it's going to be a money line. Uh, obviously, I don't have no research on this game. I might put a little bit in before you know we take off. Obviously, we have a long car drive down to down to Florida on Thursday or Wednesday. So um, Thursday, Thursday. Uh, so I, I might do a little bit of betting research then. But right now. I wouldn't touch anything besides a money line. Agreed, agreed. All right, headed into the next game, we got Nevada at New Mexico State. This is a Saturday, 10 o'clock Eastern game, night game. Uh, Nevada's favored by 8.5 here. Uh, you get about minus 360 on the money line with the over-under set at 15.5. This is the first over-under that I think I would probably lean to the under-on, the over-on, excuse me. Uh, Nevada's a high-scoring team. They bring back some starters. Uh, New Mexico State. State is not a very good football team, so the eight and a half is a little bit intriguing, but I think it's probably a little bit too rich for my blood. So I'm looking at the over of 15 and a half here. I'm also looking at the over. I also want to say minus 360. Again, we talk about little juices you could throw on a money line parlay week zero. That's a that's a pretty solid one that I would feel very confident in. I don't think this New Mexico State is going going to compete too well with the Nevada team. Um, like you said, the eight and a half, I'm I, I'm starting to, you know, contradict myself right here. It's looking pretty crispy right now. Now that I'm actually talking about it, but obviously I need to do a little bit more research on this game. But I know New Mexico State's not a very good football team, so it could be something I might look into. Yep, yep, yep. All right, headed into the last game of the night. This is the one we've all been waiting for. SEC Vanderbilt at Hawaii Saturday, ten thirty. The nightcap. 
for week zero college football, you get Vandy at minus eight and a half, minus three forty on the money line. The over under set at fifty three and a half. Hand up. I am not going to be placing a book wager on this game. I have made a gentleman's wager, a gentleman's bet with uh, Sir Jake here. Um, he is on Vandy. I will take Hawaii for uh, for the fun of it, just to see what happens. So uh, we'll be a little friendly, friendly watch here, just kind of see what, what goes down. Um, obviously, I think Vanderbilt's probably a better team, but it's Vandy, man. You never know. So this are is just going to be a fun Are we wrong with the spread? The fifty three and a half. I'm talking. I'm talking about our our personal bet. Are we rolling with the spread? Oh, the eight and a half. I don't know. I, I I don't know if we talked about it. I thought we were just going money line. You want to do straight money line? That's what I was thinking. As far as I'm in, I'm in. Let's go. <laughs> I'm in there. Yeah. I mean, I obviously I I do not like this game. I will not be betting this game. Uh, but you know, for the fun of it, it's college football. So nightcap. We're gonna watch the game. Obviously, it's a ten thirty game. We're gonna be um you know headed into the bahamas at this time so uh you know just for the fun of it i'll be on hawaii um but obviously guys if if you're listening to the show i am not going to be giving betting advice on this game yeah i'm not gonna give any betting advice either um if anything i would probably lean the over but the only thing is this at minus 115 obviously i i I know the difference is not really that big, but I, I don't like to hit anything minus 115 for some reason. It makes me a little nervous. I, I look at minus 115 as being closer to minus 200 as I do minus 110 for some reason. <laughs> it just it just feels off to me. Um, But yeah, me and Kenny, we have we have a nice little little wager uh, before we get out of here. I want to give a little preview. Obviously, Saturday is our uh, is our day where we port in the Bahamas. So around 1030. Uh, Eastern time, which is the time zone we're going to be in, uh, we are going to be absolutely demolished. And we have already looked, and our mm. boat, our boat has a sports bar, and they will turn whatever you want to on the TV. So we are going to be heading straight to that sports bar. Hell, we might even catch a little Nevada, New Mexico action going on. We're going to be heading straight to that sports bar, hammered, ready to watch some SEC football. So you know, you can't ask for much better than that. You know. Going, going to chill in the Bahamas all day. I'm going to have ESPN Plus on the phone because a lot of these games are ESPN Plus games. And uh, whenever it comes to the nightcap, when we get to watch a little SEC ball, we are going to be pumped for it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, needless to say, it's going to be a rough night to be a vodka water. It's going to be a rough night to be a vodka Red Bull, to be a rum mixed drink of any sorts. We are going to be in there ready to roll. Captain Morgan and Dr. Pepper is 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 probably if you if, i'll give you tips right now buy stock in captain morgan because i guarantee you that stock is going to go up after this cruise because i am going to consume a unhealthy amount of captain morgan over over these over the next uh five days or so so it's we're going down we're going down to party before we go on a cruise be drunk then right you're gonna get on the boat be drunk then right <laughs> <laughs> we're just gonna be drunk so it, it, it's, it's gonna be a lot of fun and we have college football to watch Whew, i'm so excited one more day of work kenny one more day of work this is like we said it's our last podcast and i i think i think we missed we met a good little closing point we actually had uh we were a little bit nervous about the time on this one because like we said we didn't really talk too much about what we were going to do beforehand because we had other plans that didn't quite get met um and we're an hour and ten in, so this is a this is a solid podcast episode, right? This is right around the time area we want to keep it. So, you know, right on the money. Let's go. 
Yes, sir. So just a recap for y'all boys and girls out there listening. Uh, Jake and I are both on Nebraska at minus 13 and a half. Uh, we lean Illinois. I don't think we're going to be taking anything there. Um, uh, the UConn-Utah State game is an absolute stinker. Uh, FAU, um, we're hammering the minus seven and a half for FAU in that one against Charlotte. Uh, UTEP leaning, UTEP money line. You can get them at plus one and a half if you want to take it at minus 115, or you can get plus 100 at the money line there. Um, don't know if I'll lay a flyer on that one, but it is a potential. Uh, Nevada, New Mexico State. Uh, Jake and I are both leaning Nevada at the minus eight and a half. Um, and then you talk about Vandy Hawaii, who is the, that's the game of the hour. That's the game we're all waiting for. Little gentleman's wager, little friendly wager, little kick your feet up and enjoy that one. So, um, no, overall it's exciting to have college football here. So a little week zero action. It's not, it's not the teams you want to see play, but, uh, you know, it's football nonetheless. And I know we're excited for it. Oh my God, my mic was muted. I am so sorry. I was crushing a water bottle when it comes to the mic. <laughs> um, we talk about it with uh, Saturday. And once we get past Saturday, the following Thursday through Sunday is all college football. So it is going to be a fun, very fun next couple of weeks getting everything kicked off. And, uh, you know, I, I want to go ahead and say that, you know, thank y'all so much. I know Kenny said at the beginning of the podcast, I'll go ahead and close this out with this. Thank y'all so much for the support. Um, obviously we're getting to ball season, so this is this is my mine and Kenny's. You know, this this is our love. Obviously, we love the Braves, but baseball as a sport is not as close to our hearts as football is all the way around. The Braves are are my love. Like I I support the Braves more than I probably support any team in the state of Georgia. Any team in professional sports and college sports, the Braves are probably my number ones. But when we talk about game by game teams that are not in my state that I don't root for, that I absolutely love to watch, it is football season. So, dude, we are so pumped up. We are ready to go. And, you know, we're going to be pumping out a bunch of cool content. We're going to have a lot of different stuff to talk about. I know, like like we mentioned, me and Kenny, we watch a whole bunch of games together. So that'll kind of help us out, too, whenever we're talking about the breakdowns. We're like, oh, yeah, you, you saw it. You remember that play we talked about? Yeah, yeah. So we're, we're, we're going to have a lot of fun here coming up soon. And, uh, you know, the, the content's only coming. So, you know, thank you all so much for always tuning in. and. Uh, Giving all y'all support and feedback. Uh, we love the feedback. Um, you know, give it give us a star rating on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever you're on. Um, it doesn't have to be a five star. Obviously, we, constructive criticism is a thing. Uh, I do it a lot with Anthony Richardson. Um, I don't know if it's constructive, but it is criticism. So <laughs> Kenny really does it with Anthony Richardson because he had him ranked like 12 on his quarterback ranking. So <laughs> yeah. yeah. Deconstructive criticism, you could call it. So, uh, again, thank y'all so much. If you listen to us on the podcast side, check us out on the YouTube side of things, Peach State Tailgate. Um, you can check on our faces. You get to see our little nice little thing. You can see what we're kind of doing. Um, obviously, there's a couple times I'll walk away and get a water bottle. Or yesterday, we had a technical difficulty. That's the reason we had to put this one in the second half of the quarterback rings because Kenny had a power outage. Things got a little bit too electric for, for the podcast. So, um, again, thank y'all so much. Check us out on uh, Twitter, Peach State Pod, uh, TikTok, Peach State Tailgate. We've been trying to pump out some content over there. And, uh, you know, overall, thank you guys so much. It's 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 been a blessing. We've been having a blast with this stuff so far. And to just see episode 10 just come by this fast, it's it, it's 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 a blessing, man. It's it's awesome. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, episode 10 in the books. It was a good one. We're uh, looking forward to bringing you guys some more content as college football really gets underway and ramps up. So uh, be on the lookout. We got a little... 
little little off schedule off weekend coming in with the with the vacation with the trip coming up so uh we'll be back next week with some heavy content and ready to dive into some real football oh yeah well how about how about we get up out of here kenny let's, let's go ahead let's go ahead and enjoy this vacation man sounds good man we'll catch y'all on the next one thank you so much for listening and uh see y'all see y'all